A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we strive for is we strive that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can just feel free to drift off. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope that you will listen and sweep. Not sweep. Listen and sleep. But we hope you sweep as well. Wouldn't you say? I People can sweep. This is a really good podcast for sweeping and household chores, I think. Also, tweet us if you're going to sweep. Tweet and sweep and sleep at listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, who seems a little tongue-tied today. And I am your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. Marco, I was looking up uh, a few facts and figures about... Uh, As you do for a podcast. I do. I do. Uh, about... A Canadian Prime Minister from back in the day, shall we say. And I was adamant that the Canadian Prime Minister that I picked was one of the most boring or the most boring in Canadian history. To which you retorted, if I may say so. Of course. With uh, a challenge that the Canadian Prime Minister that you had on your mind was actually more boring than the one that I had. And I picked mine randomly. I was just like, you know, we know certain prime ministers, but who was the fifth prime minister? I couldn't list you in order, the the different prime ministers of Canada. So I looked up the fifth prime minister of Canada and I said, oh, Nitty, this dude is boring. So we decided to have our very first Canadian prime minister off. So who was the prime minister you picked? So I'm going to invite our listeners to to tweet who they think was the most boring prime minister from the two that we selected, or if they have a their own boring prime minister. Mine, my prime minister, Canadian prime minister, is the Honorable Sir Mackenzie Bowell or Bowell. And mine is um, Alexander Mackenzie. So I guess if we were to do this in true debate fashion. Mm-hmm. Be it resolved. Oh, I like where this is going. That Alexander Mackenzie was a more boring Canadian Prime Minister than Sir Mackenzie. How would you say this? Bowell. 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 Bowell sounds bad. Bowell sounds bad. I feel bad, bad for him if it was. I Bowell. say Bowell. It's B O W E L L. Bowell. I'm going to say Bowell. All right. And give him like the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Sounds good. So my, my prime minister was prime minister from December 21st, 
1894 to April 27, 1896, and he was the fifth prime minister. Okay, so if we're going to go that way... Just to see who goes first is what I was thinking. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, mine was prime minister from 1874 to 1878. So you go first because he was prime minister before my guy was. Okay, so I'm just going to go start with a very brief couple of facts. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking at Wikipedia for my facts. Great. Uh, I am going to be looking at various sources, oh. starting with Vice. It seems like you've dropped the gauntlet I on have. that. Okay, I great. Uh, so Alexander Mackenzie was a stonemason by train. Oh, that's so funny because Sir Mackenzie Bowell, or Bowell, was also a mason, but I'll get to my guy. Okay, and he carried... Uh, he was a Freemason, sorry, a Freemason. Okay, mine was a stonemason, okay. and carried all his life the no-nonsense, straight-shooting attitude of a good, working-class, 19th-century Protestant. Ooh. He also looks like the man, the old man, from Home Alone. Really? He does. My guy, Sir Mackenzie Bowell, was an English-born Canadian politician, and he served as the fifth Prime Minister of Canada. He was born in Ricking Hall, England. Do you know where that is, Nitty? No, I don't. Neither do I. And in 1832, his family immigrated to Belleville, Upper Canada at the time, which is now Belleville, Ontario. What can you tell me about Belleville? Well, I can tell you that Belleville is on its way to Montreal, because every time I drive to Montreal, I pass Belleville. I can tell you that Belleville is where... Uh, the Black Diamond Cheese Factory is, ah. and they have a fountain of orange water in front of their building that I want to say is some of the, let's say, the whey products from the cheddar they make. I'm well, guessing at that. I'm just going to say that obviously that was an exciting fact because Zena came running, my dog came running over. As, as one would, right? Well, with the mention of cheese, yes. I am going to up your... Bellevue reference. Sure. And let you know that Alexander Mackenzie immigrated in 1842 from Scotland. Okay. And he worked, as I said, as a stonemason and established himself as a building contractor in Sarnia, Ontario. Yes, good old Sarnia. Yes, exactly. So I think Sarnia trumps Belleville because Belleville is still. Like, more south, closer to upper and lower Canada, I would say. Still on the trade route. Sarnia is a little bit further afield. Doesn't Sarnia have, like, um, natural resource money, or didn't at one time? I know that Belleville is on the Bay of Quinte. And I also want to put this fun fact about Belleville. Lauren Ash, who is a great Canadian actor and a friend of mine, is from Belleville. Well, see how interesting, whereas oh. be it resolved <laughs> that Alexander Mackenzie is a more boring prime minister. No, but this has nothing to do with the prime minister Everything. other than his birthplace, or right. his, his immigrate, Im- place of immigration. Listen, Marco, I'm going to tell you right now, every fact counts. The facts that you choose to reveal argue for whatever case you're trying to make. So be careful of what facts you decide to run this debate with. Don't fault me for knowing that Lauren Ash is from Belleville and she happens to be interesting because I'm certain that there's interesting people from Sarnia who you just don't happen to know. I'm not using them in my argument. 
then you're just giving a base a basic argument and that's not because cool. it's boring <laughs> <laughs> so i'm also gonna say mm-hmm. well actually okay this is a little bit interesting this okay, is no, pretty no. much the most interesting fact you're gonna okay. find with alexander mckenzie he was the first um liberal prime minister oh well there you go my prime minister was conservative and he held his seat for the conservatives when they lost the election in january 1874 in the wake of the pacific scandal and later that year he was that sounds interesting what is the pacific scandal well i'll look it up in just a second but um he was instrumental in having louis real expelled from the house these are all interesting facts Hmm. you don't understand this debate do you 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 don't you need to go on Wikipedia because this site here is just giving you okay. such a tri- truncated I, okay. version of okay. your your All prime right. minister that it's not fair. All right. Um, if that's the way you want to play it. While you're doing that, the Pacific scandal was a political scandal in Canada involving allegations of bribes being accepted by 150 members of the Conservative government in the attempts of private interest to influence the bidding for a national rail contract. So. It had to deal with the rail and bribes, Nitty. That's actually really interesting. Well, you may say so. (laughs) Bribes Um, are not... Like, scandal. He's scandalous. That's pretty... uh, In 1892, he became Minister of Militia and Defense. Oh, see? Minister of Militia. Well, let's not... Let's not... Let's not make this too exciting, Nitty, okay? No, because I'm not, I'm just trying to... I don't think he was prime minister yet when all this happened. So, too, this is this is his early political life. So, you can't judge him on this. Because let's talk about when he became prime minister in December of 1894. It was because prime minister Sir John Spower... Sorry, Sir John Sparrow David Thompson died suddenly. And Bowell, as the most senior cabinet member, was appointed in Thompson's seat by the governor general. And then Bowell thus became the second of just two Canadian Prime Minister after John Abbott to hold that office while serving in the Senate rather than the House of Commons. Are you awake? Did you hear that? What yeah. I just said? Did he have any military service? No. Did yours? Because military service is exciting. Well, he was only a major. You can't only be a major. A major is a pretty awesome um, title to have. Is it really? Have you ever seen Major Dad? <laughs> I rest my case. As Prime <laughs> Minister, <laughs> as Prime Minister, <laughs> Bowell faced the, Manitou- the, Man- the Manitoba school question. Which was what? <laughs> Tell me more about the Manitoba school question. In 1890, Manitoba had abolished public funding for denominational schools, both Catholic and Protestant, which many thought was contrary to the provisions made for denominational schools. It's funny, Nitty, that this is a debate even in 1890. It <laughs> continues to be a debate now in Canada. However, in a court challenge, the Judicial Committee of the Privy Council held that Manitoba's uh, Abolition of public funding for denominational schools was consistent with the Manitoba Act provision. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Okay, so um, let's let's talk a bit about. I don't know if he was even a sir. There's not even an honorable. I'm assuming there's an honorable Mackenzie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say here in this article. Um, 
But when, oh, look, okay, when the McDonald government fell due to the Pacific scandal. Oh, so you've got a connection to the Pacific scandal. In 1873, Mm -hmm. the Governor General, Lord Dufferin. And it's funny because you live, we're actually recording this just off Dufferin Street. That's right. Um, Called upon Mackenzie, who had been chosen as the leader of the Liberal Party a few months earlier to form a new government. And Mackenzie formed a government and then asked the governor general to call an election. So he was so boring that he did not even wait to call an election after being appointed prime minister. That's how good he was. And then he won the election. And he remained prime minister for the next four years. Wow, that's impressive. Bowell and his predecessors struggled to solve the Manitoba question, which at that time divided the country. And even Bowell's own cabinet was divided because of this nitty. And then this poor Sir Bowell was further hampered by his handling of the issue by his own, get this, indecisiveness. So, you know, that just shows you what kind of gentleman this person was. And his inability as a senator to take part in debates in the House of Commons because Bowell backed legislation already drafted that would have forced Manitoba to restore its Catholic schools, but then postponed it due to opposition within his own cabinet. See, he was like at the forefront of a lot of controversy, whereas Alexander Mackenzie... Um, you know, it was unusual for a man of Mackenzie's humble origins to attain a position such as prime minister. And uh, usually it was only given, it was something that was usually given to someone who was a little bit more privileged in society. And so Lord Dufferin, who, as I said, was the governor general at the time. Right. He expressed some early misgivings about a stain, stonemason taking over the government. But why would he have misgivings for a stonemason? Because I guess, I'm assuming he's like, ah, he's not of high society. I However, see. okay. This is how boring Alexander Mackenzie is. Is that upon meeting Mackenzie, Lord Dufferin revised his opinions and said, and I quote. Oh, here we go. However narrow and inexperienced Mackenzie might be, I imagine he is thoroughly upright, well-principled, and well-meaning man, which means he is so even-keel and so non-scandalous that he was able to be the most boring prime minister in Canada. Well, I, d- I doubt that because I will say this. And while the government was in crisis over this Manitoba question, it was resolved and everything returned to normal when six of the ministers were reinstated by the leadership and then effectively held by Charles Tupper, who had joined the cabinet at the same time, filling the seventh place. Tupper, who had been the Canadian High Commissioner to the United Kingdom, had been recalled by the plotters to replace... These are all interesting facts. Well, I don't know, like... These are all I think interesting things. I think your Lord Dufferin, um, that whole Lord Dufferin stuff is pretty great. What happened later in life with your, your prime later minister? Later in life? Mm-hmm. Like after, after? After he became prime minister. Mm. Did he do anything interesting? Like what was legacy? his legacy? Sure, what okay. was his legacy? Ah, a monument is dedicated to his tomb in Lakeview Cemetery, Sarnia. Oh, Oh, okay, this one's interesting, and I know you'll like this, because this is actually... 
so he was honorable, like an honor. He obviously had a title at the end, but uh, honorable Alexander Mackenzie by Lauren Harris. Oh, one of my favorite painters. Um, if now not, hangs at the Mackenzie Building in the Royal Military College of Canada. Well, there you go. So, one of my favorite artists painted a picture of him. So I think that's pretty. That's it. Pretty that's awesome. A, that's that's his legacy. Those well, two pieces of art. Well, no, one is more like a monument dedicated to his tomb and a piece of art. That was his legacy. Well, I don't see anything here that states that there is a bust of this dude. <laughs> Prime Minister <laughs> Bowell. Bowell stayed in the Senate after his prime ministership and served as his party's leader until 1906 and afterwards as a plain senator until his death at 94. What did he die of, Nitty, you might ask? Any right. guesses? I'm going to say, what year did he die? Oh, he died. So he he died on December 10th, 1917, at the age of 93. I stand corrected. Okay, 19, sorry, 1917. Oh, 1917. He died, I bet, of like, I'm going to say something, you know, Interesting about the time. Probably like Spanish flu. No, he died of a broken heart. Well, that's interesting. No, he actually didn't. <laughs> he died of pneumonia in Belleville, 17 days short of his 94th birthday. And guess where he's buried? In Belleville? In the Belleville Cemetery. His funeral was attended by a full complement of the Orange Order, because he was an Orangeman but not by any current or formally elected members of the government. That's how boring he was, a former prime minister. None of the current leadership or politicians showed up at his funeral. That's his, true of Alexander Mackenzie as well. well no don't one try from to, the government showed up at his funeral. Don't try to, to steal my guys. But wait, okay. no one showed up, and even though he died while he was leader of the opposition... So that's how boring he was. He was still a sitting member of Parliament. I think that shows how unliked he was, not necessarily how boring he was. I will say this, that Bowell's descendants live in Hertfordshire, England. Have you ever been there? I have not. And some of them live in Ontario, Canada. Well, look at that. In uh, their 1998 study of the Canadian Prime Ministers up through Jean Chrétien, who was Prime Minister at the time, J.L. Grant... Granatstein and Norman Hilmer found that a survey of Canadian historians ranked Bowell 19th out of the 20 prime ministers up until then. So he was ranked <laughs> second last. I should find out who was who was marked last. So so that we yeah, can we that's, can That's good. We Alexander Mackenzie was ranked 11th. Oh. 11th place. Just in that same John in that same Carroll. study in that in the same, same yeah oh, okay same so one. you found that out okay however um, I think he was number eleven because he did nothing he did nothing bad and he did nothing good he kind of just was status quo mm-hmm. so that's why he's right in the middle well I'll just say this let the listeners decide who was more boring but I want to I want to look into this sparrow dude because isn't that the name of the character that um, is Jack it, Sparrow? Yeah, is Jack is that the, is his name Jack no, Sparrow? No, it's John Sparrow. Yeah, but isn't John a? But it's Sir John Sparrow David Thompson. Right, but so he's got two names. I know, but isn't Jack a diminutive of John? I don't is know. It, is isn't it? Is it Jack? Uh, Jack. Jack. 
John. No, I think Jack is like... Uh, Jackson? Or... Well, I don't... Mm. Can it? Can a John not be a Jack? That's pretty, like... Are we that lazy with... I don't know. Names? We, we need Jacks and Johns. I know I, my friend has a son named Jack, but his name is Jack. It, it was always Jack. Right. Okay, so Jack... While you're looking that up, John Sparrow was a Canadian lawyer, judge, politician, and university uh, professor who served as the fourth Prime Minister of Canada. So he was... Clearly, a prime minister before my dude, and he died in office on December 12th. And how did he die, you might ask? In office? Heart attack, age of 49. It's hard times. Difficult, man. It's hard to run a country. Okay, the origins of 10 nicknames. Um,. It can be Jack. It could be James as well. Oh, yeah, it's James, I think. Um, I've always known it as James. I knew there was something about it that was there, yeah. didn't, didn't strike me. Um, what is Oh, the... no, but Jack is... Why is Jack from John? Yeah, why yeah. is Jack from John? Um, it... it uh, ooh. Oh, cool. This is actually an interesting fact. Okay. The name Jack dates back to about... Uh, 1200, the year 1200, and was originally used as a generic name for peasants. Oh. Over time, Jack worked his way into words such as lumberjack and steeplejack. Um, and John was once used as the generic name for English commoners and peasants, oh. like John Doe, which could be why Jack became the nickname for John. But the more likely explanation is that the Normans added um, kin. Oh, this is very... Now this is getting... A little complex. Yeah. Let me tell you this, okay. Nadie. Tell me. Going back to John Sparrow, Prime yeah. Minister John Sparrow. Despite having held a prime ministerial office, Prime Minister John Sparrow had little estate, so Parliament set up a, a fund to support his widow and children. His only remaining descendant today is the Canadian politician Margaret Mitchell. Do you know who Margaret Mitchell is? No. She is part of the New Democratic Party. Ah. And she is a member of parliament for Vancouver East. She held office from 79 to 93. Well, look at so that. So there you go. I want to know connection. why he has like five names that are all like name names. I think that was the, the custom thing, of the time. The style? Um, talking of nicknames from actual names, do you know where the name Peggy comes from what the actual female name is. I do, Margaret. And we just talked about Margaret Mitchell. That's why it came to mind. Oh, look at that. So does that mean Peggy's Cove is actually Margaret's Cove? Oh. But it's Margaret's Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, that's why. Interesting. Mm. Have you ever been to Peggy's Cove? I haven't. It's fantastic. Is it really? It's spectacular. I think it's the second most photographed site in Canada after, do you want to guess? Ooh. Think of think of uh, after Niagara Falls. You got it. Mm. I think that's what they what they say there, right? It's like um, it's one of the sort of facts of, of it, but it's absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous, and it is on Saint Margaret's Bay, so I think that's where it gets its um, name from. And it's a beautiful lighthouse. You got to go there. Is all I can say. How do you feel about lighthouses? Lighthouses in general? Or lighthouse homes. I don't know what you'd call a plural for lighthouse. Mm. Light. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Light homes, light lighthouses. Mm. Odd. Um, 
I'm neither here nor there with them. I feel like they're very interesting structures and I would love to like go up one, but it's one of those things that's also kind of a relic because it's no longer really necessary, is it? Like, do I know, unfortunately, we, did, we talked about things that were sort of a few episodes back about things that are becoming obsolete. Mm-hmm. And I feel like certainly the lighthouse keeper, yeah. there's few and far betweens because... The lighthouses that are currently used are automated. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? So Peggy's Cove in St. Margaret's Bay. St. Margaret's Bay was named after Samuel de Champlain's mother, Marguerite. Did you oh, know that? I didn't know that. Look at you with all these facts. Listen, it's what happens when you have a phone next to you <laughs> and you're recording a podcast. Well, you can just sort of look things up. I think all of these interesting facts are actually a distraction, Marco, for the fact that I clearly won this debate. I don't think it's something that you can determine. We need our listeners to tell us who, in fact, was the more boring prime minister, Sir Bowell or... I mean, look, Sir Bowell even has such an interesting name that there's a million pronunciations that we don't know. It's only interesting because I don't know how to pronounce that (laughs) name. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Mine is, like, the most boring English... Like, Scott, like, Alexander Mackenzie. You can't get any more, like plain than that I suppose well we can both say safely that there are no John Sparrow (laughs) there are no John Sparrow (laughs) he obviously was a lot more interesting I think it's interesting that we don't know our prime ministers though I have to say like you know I know I know the last say five prime ministers five to seven prime ministers like I remember the Prime Minister I remember as a child was Trudeau, so I remember from Pierre Trudeau up, I would guess I'd be able to do it. But before that, I think it was Pearson, I want to say, I want to guess. And this is from having done a report on Lester B. Pearson back in, uh, I want to say, the fifth grade. Did you do any reports on prime ministers when you were going to school? Oh, probably. I mean, we all had to do, I think in grade 10, that like... I think we had to do it in French. I can't even remember the history of Canada. Um, you know, in order to graduate high school, you have to do the history of Canada. Sure. Like the, the year, I think it's grade 10 or 10th grade that, that you have to do it in. So um, I once had to portray Sir John A. Macdonald. Oh. Yeah, it was this weird sort of gig I had where it was like me and two friends. And one friend was Catherine Partrail. Mm-hmm. Who wrote Roughing It in the Bush, okay. one of Canada's first novels or, oh, or yes. books. I, I, it wasn't a novel. It was about life living in the Canadian wilderness or first coming to Canada. Okay. And the other friend of mine was Cornelius Kriegoff, who was a Canadian painter, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I hope he was a painter. I want to say he was a trapper and a painter. Anyways, so I got to play one of the Canada, well, I got to play Canada's first prime minister. We invite you to tweet us on who you think was the more boring prime minister. Mine, Sir Bowell, or Nimmy's? The Honorable Alexander Mackenzie. Please tweet us at Listen and Sleep, uh, because this is definitely something that Marco and I want uh, settled by you, the listener. Uh, As always, we're recording in Toronto, and we're produced by Jumpcast Productions. So until the next time, we hope you listen and sleep.